Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Owen Murphy here with Monday's Second Captain's Podcast. I speak to you as an outlier today, Kieran. Hello, Owen. Well, in what way are you an outlier? Well, I think I'm the only Dublin football fan alive who did not tweet their disgust at Stephen Cluxton's <laughs> omission from the All-Stars. I feel like I'm, I'm never going to be allowed back in Croke Park ever again. Well, I can't believe that you've added yourself in this way. I mean, you could have blamed, you know, you could have said your account was hacked. That someone had deleted <laughs> your... Uh, no, somebody hacked and didn't bother tweeting about no, Stephen Cluxton. No, that's why there were no tweets. It even worse, they, they uh, outrageously deleted your outraged about I can't, tweet. I just can't get outraged about it. I'm not yeah. saying he hasn't been the best goalkeeper of the last decade. I'm not denying he's done a lot to, maybe more than any other individual player, mm-hmm. to change the way the game is played. I'm just not sure how you can be so definitive as everyone seems to be about these things and say one excellent goalkeeper was definitely better than this other excellent goalkeeper over the course of this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that there's not... You know, there's not a rule that says you can only be outraged about eight things on Twitter every year. Maybe that's not a bad rule to bring in. Yeah, but you can only express true outrage about eight things and say that the person who had just died was your all-time hero like three times. (laughs) You're only allowed eight outrage tweets (laughs) and three this guy was my all-time hero tweets per year. I met this guy once in a car park. (laughs) But... Yeah, are you sure that Stephen Cluxton not winning the All-Star ahead of David Clark is really the hill you're going to die on, you know, in a Twitter? I'm, you know, I'm not entirely sure. Like, uh, Should I be outraged? Tell me why I should be outraged as a Dublin supporter. No, I, no, you shouldn't be outraged. Uh, do you want to know how many All-Stars Kilkenny hurlers have won since Brian Cody t- took over? Yeah. Two. What? Well, the second one came last year, right? When Kilkenny, well, uh, at the beginning of Kilkenny getting terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so while Kilkenny have been the best team in the country, they won the a grand total of one All Star. Two thousand nine, PJ Ryan, he was man of the match in the All Ireland in the All Ireland hurling final. There year. were some great goalkeepers in that era, of course. There were, but the your, fact of the matter is, is your Fitzhenry. If you're here. yeah, if you're playing on the best team, Davies, chances are you're not going to be all that busy, mm-hmm. and. Stephen Cluxton faced six shots in the championship this year. 
So, you know, Ed McGreal of the Mayo News, Malachy Clerkin uh, said that he was basically stealing Ed's brilliant work in the, in, uh, the Irish Times this morning. I'm going to steal Malachy Clerkin's stealing of Ed McGreal's okay. work in the Mayo News. But basically, without getting too far into the weeds, Ed McGreal had done a huge number, of, a huge amount of analysis on it. Clark's kickout's just about as good as Cluxton's. Uh, saved way more shots. You know, Cluxton obviously came up with a couple of a couple of brilliant saves. Was clutch at the in the All Ireland final in a way that Clark wasn't. I mean, basically, they're both brilliant. It it went to David so Clark on Cluxton this occasion. Cluxton gets punished, Murph. Jesus, Cluxton gets punished now for not for not having a weak enough defence in front of him. Is that it? <laughs> for not losing he's, matches, not going into the qualifiers. Uh, he's won five of these things. I mean, you know, again. Yeah, if he'd never won one, <laughs> that'd be more. I, I, I'd be outraged if Stephen Cookson never won an All-Star. Yeah, I mean, I'll that would that. be an oversight, to okay. be fair. That would be an oversight. Our star of today's show is this guy. Seventeen to one hundred eleven in favor of the winner by majority decision and the new WBA featherweight champion of the world, the great Irish champion Carl the Jackal Yes, on today's podcast is the great Irish champion Carl Frampton. That was his finest moment, winning the world featherweight title against Leo Santa Cruz in 2016 in New York. And I couldn't help but notice Simon moshing along to the backing track there, air guitaring at the very least. Uh, smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, Cherub Rock yeah, there. Yeah, okay. That Excellent. reminds me of something. Grunge Week. Oh, no, Remember that no, runaway no. podcast sensation, Murph? No. Grunge Week? No, 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 no. We can't do that. Obviously, do that. Grunge Week no, happens no. in May of every year and second happens. We all know that. But I'm asking, should there be a second That was Grunge literally week the worst thing we did all year. Within the calendar awful. year? Awful. No, 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 no. Was that, no. In the world? Was that on the World Service? It was. Did yeah. we ask people to sign up for this thing <laughs> and then subject them to Grunge Week? I believe so. Oh, no. Oh, no. I believe so. I feel that if there's, enough, if there's enough love out there, if there's enough want for a second Grunge Week... Or even a grunge day, we can see. Because there was some wrong... Stop talking. I mean, I don't think Stone Top of Pilots got their due in that, in that week. Oh, 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 they got their due. <laughs> they got way more mentions than was coming to the moon. Carl Frampton did have a pretty decent 2016 by anyone's standards. He unified the world's super bantamweight titles by beating Scott Quigg. Then he stepped up to beat Leo Santa Cruz in the fight that we played a couple of clips from there. That was that made him Ireland's second ever two-weight world champion. He got the Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year award all in 2016. Pretty good. Pretty good. 2017, not so good. Beaten in a rematch with Santa Cruz in January. You remember him trying to get the show back on the road in July. He was supposed to be fighting back in Belfast against Andres Gutierrez. That was called off with less than 24 hours notice after Gutierrez broke his teeth when he fell in the shower. Frampton had already missed the weight for that one. It was supposed to go ahead after Frampton missing the weight, but then this happened, so obviously it was called off at that stage. But there were signs at the time. I think anyone watching was thinking, that's a bit odd, Frampton not making weight. And why does everyone just look so unhappy? Even before the broken teeth mm. well the suspicions that something wasn't right in the camp were confirmed the following month Frampton revealed he'd split with Cyclone Promotions so not a great year but he's back on track now he signed up with Matt Macklin's MTK stable Frank Warren's his promoter he fights in BT Sport and he's being trained in Manchester by Jamie Moore we're going to talk to him about his fight coming up on Saturday week he's in a 10 rounder against the Mexican Horacio Garcia 
probably a relief to be back in the ring. The comparisons with McGuigan have been there all the way up. And we talked about this when the relationship ended, that the comparison now goes right through to the split with the promoter with whom the fighter had previously shared an incredibly close relationship. An extra layer in the Frampton McGuigan case is the dynamic that Barry's son Shane was Carl's trainer and two of them became really close, were groomsmen, groomsmen at each other's wedding. Here's Shane McGuigan talking on BBC Radio recently. You know, I'll never forget about those memories and I'll cherish them because they were the making of me. Do you sense a time when maybe you will speak again? Well, at this present stage, no. And that's terrible, isn't it, really, after all you've been through? It's, not, it's just the way life goes. That's how deep this runs. <laughs> yeah, it, McGuigan was... His, that, those memories were the making of me, but no, I don't think we're going to hmm. speak again. So I will talk to... Frampton hasn't said much if anything, about the split. I'll give it a go and ask him. He does seem to be very happy with how things are going, so I'm interested to know about that. What sort of changes he's been making? What can you do as a 30-year-old? What do you want from the new trainer? How do you go about getting back to the the very elite level again, which he was at as recently as last year? I think, there, I think hope is certainly not lost. He seems a lot happier now than he was in the midst of the breakdown of the previous relationship anyway. I'm going to give the Monday-only listeners the hard sell in a second before we talk to Carl. But I think everyone should be in for this bit here because myself and yourself weren't in studio last Friday, Murph. Yes. For the players' chair. We spent the last few years following the successful exploits of the Irish football team trying to find out what exactly lies behind that. What does Martin O'Neill do? How does he inspire these great players? Can he really be as hands-off as some have suggested? Well, Shea Given is only recently out of the setup. Here's what he said in the players' chair. He doesn't really do much team shape or organisational stuff. And, and, and For example, we're playing Denmark. Like, what's their system? You know, normally we like leave when the lads meet up the first couple of days. You'd be doing team shape, and you know Ericsson likes to drop in the hole, and you know Schmeichel gets to the back. He wants to zing it early up front, mm. and you know how to counteract that and all this kind of stuff. But but we don't. Uh, they don't. You know, and I still still see on week as if I feel I'm still part of the squad or not. But they don't, and I know they won't, and I don't know. And I just how is it working? Good question, Richie. <laughs> Good question. Yeah, yeah. It was weird when I was listening to that. I, I, uh, having ha- having heard it, I was like, oh, so he's saying, oh, obviously at the start of the week, they'll talk about Ericsson and, you know, what Casper Schmeichel wants no. to do uh, with kickouts. But then that's it. But actually, as it said, it's where Dodd, I realized, no, he's saying we don't even do that, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I suppose a lot of them play in the Premier League, so they're going to take it from take it as right that they've seen both of those players. So, you know, what's the point in talking about it? You know, they're 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 great. We know what they can do. Okay, non-World Service members, you miss out on one of our favourite ever weeks last week, which included the players' chair there. Also our 1,000th show, the star of which was the charming, the legendary, the lovely George Hamilton. And the start of the 1,000th show featured a solo that you lot, you freeloaders, have never actually heard before. Take it away, Ken. Words alone are not enough. I have to, I have to resort to song. Well, yeah, okay. A heart full of love, a heart full of song. I'm doing everything all wrong. Oh God, for shame! I do not even know your name, dear World Service subscriber. Won't you say? Ken Early, Owen McDevitt, secondcams.com. Go on and subscribe. You're not already uh, a member. Great value for money. Better value for money than the license fee, some people would say, Alan. Not me now, obviously, but... Uh, not me, 
I don't want to put them down. But they seem to want to prove that you don't need to know anything about football to write about it. What you think doesn't really matter. The press come and go, as we know. You mentioned Ken Early. Well, yeah. you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with anything Ken Early says about football. <sighs> Second cap, first cap, and whatever. Back up to date now with uh, my sad captains, not to be confused with second captains, the equally brilliant second captains. It's my sad captains. The volcano has erupted. Four days have shaken a kingdom. This is the verge of unbelievable. Maggie Thatcher, your guys took a hell of a beating. Honestly, when I was watching that, I was roaring at the screen. Yes, George. That I can't believe you've gone for that. That was amazing. I uh, I, I didn't realise. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard it since, but when you, you've sprung that one on me, and uh, I'm quite pleased. Yes, thank you. Uh, to listen to our full podcast, that interview in full with George, and our entire 1,000th podcast celebrations. Our interviews last week also with Shay Given, Jason Sherlock, US Murph, and our recent chat with the brilliant Neville Southall. There's a lot to get through better start now you must become a world service member we're going to be counting down to the Denmark match all week and we'll have some special programming around the two playoff games go to secondcaptains.com forward slash join and you can do it now for just a five or a month plus fat Carl Frampton is back in the ring on Saturday week 18th of November with a new trainer new promoter and a fresh outlook by the sounds of things Carl welcome to the show thanks very much thanks for having me lads uh, hopefully by the time the fight rolls around Northern Ireland will have booked a place at the World Cup along with the Republic of Ireland obviously any chance of making it to Windsor Park for the first leg Nah, it's just a bit. It's a bit close to my feet. Uh, I'm over here in Manchester at the minute as we speak. Um, it was a midweek game, and uh, I wasn't allowed a day off. To be honest, it wouldn't have been right for me so close to the fight, but I'm got it. But I'll be watching it somewhere yeah. and uh, hoping the boys can do the business. Absolutely, you have plenty of big days ahead next summer in Russia if all goes to plan. Yeah, I think I think um, both teams are in of a shout. Um, so. Uh, it, it all depends on what happens on the night, you know what I mean? And I think if we can get results at home, we're, we have our first match at home. Um, I'd have preferred to be playing at Windsor Park in the second leg, but um, I think I think both teams could do something here. As you mentioned, you're speaking to us from Manchester. How have you found the change of scenery there? It's it's different. I think it's a lot more similar to Belfast, which is which is what I like. Um, people are similar to the people of Belfast. Um it's a bit more relaxed, not as rushed as, as London was when I was training there before. So, uh, to be honest, I, I'm I'm finding it good and I, I'm I'm actually enjoying it. Um, it's always difficult being away from home, but um, it's always good cracker in the gym, so it's making it a bit easier for me. How did it come about, Carl? I, it was your dad, I believe, who suggested Jamie Moore might be the man to turn to at this stage of your career. Yeah, no, my dad usually stays out of any of that business, you know, the boxing side of things at all, and um, just keeps his nose out and, and lets me make my own decisions. But I was I was scratching my head as to who I was going to train, and, and he had put Jamie Moore's name forward. And um, there was another few coaches in my head, but Jamie was the was the first guy that I spoke to, um, and he was the first guy that I actually trained with. So the the idea before I actually came over to, to train with Jamie was to to try a few different coaches and to see how I gelled with each of them and pick pick the best one really. But Jamie was the first guy. I spent three days over here in, in Salford, and uh, and that was it. Loved it. Um, we had a good connection. We had a good bond. I liked his ideas and his approach to training. 
uh, for me, and and that was it really. I saw a documentary that came that came out a little while ago and had some nice footage of you being flogged around some parklands there doing some running, uh, that, that with Jamie kind of on the whistle. But I, I saw him saying that he would be. He was asked, what, what's he trying to change about your fighting style? And he said that he'd be offending you if he tried to change you as a fighter because you're the complete fighter. But I presume you're looking for something new. You're looking for some new angle on things from him. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think there's any fighter that's a complete fighter. Um, not even the great Floyd Mayweather. I don't think that everyone is, there, there isn't such a thing as a perfect fighter. So we're always trying to improve. But I understand what Jimmy's saying. And, and I've got my style and I'm 30 years of age. It's not as if I'm going to completely start to change styles now i'll have i'll have my my style and my fighting style and how i approach a fight but we're just trying to work on different little things um and, and different combinations that we feel will work for each individual opponent that's going to come so we've got a few things that we think are going to work for horatio garcia in my next fight and and obviously things will change for whoever the opponent is after him but jimmy just tries to simplify things um you know, we have hard days, we have easier days where we work on tactics. Um, and I feel at this stage of my career, it benefited me. Um, I have no injuries. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not, before I was kind of constantly walking around with little niggles, but I'm putting a lot into every session now because I'm doing it injury-free. How do you think that's come about? Why do you think you're injury-free? Well, well I just, uh, I'm not sparring as much. Um, and, and there's a lot been spoken about of this. And, and people are, are saying... There's a few big names, actually, as mentioned it. Chris Eubank Jr. and Carl Fratch are saying it's a bad idea to reduce your rounds of sparring, but they don't know how many rounds of sparring I was doing at the start. I was doing 220 rounds um, per camp, which is which is crazy numbers, you know what I mean? When you, when you tell any other boxer about how many rounds you were doing, and a lot of the time with big men, when you, when you talk to other boxers about this, they kind of look at you in shock. No one else was sparring that amount of rounds, so I've reduced the amount of sparring I've done. Um, which is a little bit easier on my body, um, but again, I just feel fresher. I feel like I'm I, I'm injury free, but I feel as fit. You know, I feel like uh, I'm as sharp and as fit uh, as I as I was when I was sparring 200 and 200 plus rounds for for previous camps. So, what's the point that the likes of Frotch have been making? Is it that the the 200 odd rounds or the the bigger well, the, rounds? Well, they're just like that. Yeah, you're successful. Yeah, this warrior mentality. You know, guys like Frotch, he just likes to say things and, and Eubank as well there, you know I would expect people to say stuff like that um, you know you shouldn't be reducing your rounds of sparring but um, I, I would have a bad way on them that they weren't sparring 220 rounds per camp with um, bigger guys you know sometimes I go up to welterweight that you know it's in terms of sparring partners um, big big men compared to me so um, and I think I've sparred late medals before actually as well so um yeah, I was sparring big men all the time, and uh, I, I'd, I'd fancy my chances if, if me, Fratch, and, and Eubank Jr. had a bet of who, who sparred the most rounds in camp. Yeah, I see a post-fight uh, program there. You can make maybe between the three. You're 30 years of age now, though, Carl. Is part of it about the, the future? Is I, I know you're a fighter. You can't think about the, the really serious stuff necessarily, but... Is there a part of you that worries a bit about the physical damage that all those rounds can do, aside from the niggling injuries you're talking about? Well, there's always there's always something there, you know. I, I don't, you know, it's not as if I, I wake up in the morning and think, oh, you know, I, I might get punched in the head here. I think if that's if that's the approach I had, I'm in the wrong game completely. Um, but you know, it's there is only so, so much damage that you can take, and although you have big when you're sparring, you have big gloves on and a head guard, it's still you know it's still trauma to the head. You're still getting punched in the head, but 
Um, it's just something that I'm not I'm not worried about, but it's something you kind of have to be cautious about. Uh, I think, especially at this age, when when you're sparring again 200 plus rounds against big men, I don't think you need to be taking um, taking shots to the head for 220 rounds <laughs> um, all the time. I don't think you need to do it. So um, that's that's my approach now. I think I think it's a more sensible approach. And uh, it seems to be working so far. Yeah, it seems to make sense. All right, I like to hear you explain that that you don't feel like you have to live up necessarily to this idea of what a warrior mentality is supposed to be. Because something else that we've gotten used to over the years is hearing about these training camps. A fighter goes away, cuts himself off practically from their family for weeks Mm -hmm. on end. It sounds like you don't necessarily feel the need to do that. You get home for weekends, you see your family, then you go back, you do your work and you're back home again. Yeah, they're, 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 every every person is individual, and every person approaches a training camp completely different. And and I'm I'm a family man. I enjoy company of other people. Um, I enjoy to see my kids, and uh, that's the way I do it. You know, I I drop my my little girl off to school on a Monday morning. I get the ten thirty flight to Manchester, and I see her again. I'm a boy. I'm a wife on on a Friday night again. So, it is, you know, there's people I know. I have friends who are working offshore. Um, on oil rigs for two and three weeks at a time, you know what I mean? So um, this is a hard game that we're doing. So me, personally, I like to be around my family when I get the chance and spend time with my kids. So that's the way way I do it. You've described 2017 up until now as a disaster, Carl. Is that about about the extent of it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Considering 2016 was the best um, year of my professional career, um, up until... Um, this point, yeah, it had it had been a disaster. Um, but again, you know, I've I've linked up with a new trainer. Um, I've linked up with a new um, advisor in MTK. I've linked up with a new promoter and a new television network with Frank Warren and, and BT Sports. And and to be honest, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm I feel like I feel like I'm a almost like a novice professional. Just you know, just signed over, uh, just turned over and. Uh, and ready to kick off my professional career. It just feels like a completely new start for me. And I'm enjoying it. That's that's the most important thing. I keep harping on, harping on about I'm actually enjoying boxing. And But I am. I, I just, I don't know. People people can see my demeanor in interviews and, and how I'm behaving walking around the gym. Um, and it's important, I think, to be happy in anything you do. What, what made you so unhappy? Well, I, just, I don't know. I don't, I, there's nothing I can put my finger on. Um, it was just, I just thought it was time for me to move on and change, and that was it, and change things up. And you know, it's Manchester is a bit more similar, as I said, to Belfast, which I love. I love Belfast; it's my favourite city in the world. It's my, it's my hometown, and and I love it. So if I'm training somewhere with similar type of people uh, than the people back home, it's it's always going to be a benefit. I feel. Obviously, you know, business is business, I guess, and you you're not the first boxer to split with their promoter and with their with their trainer or anything like that. Is there any regret on your side though that the personal relationship seems to have fallen apart with the McGuigans? That is, uh, look, th- things just happen, you know, for a reason, and I I'm going to remember the, the great nights that we had, made many good nights, um, but and I'll remember them fondly, and uh, I'll appreciate the things that that. McGuigan have done to help me get to where I am today and then um, we've been involved in some huge nights that I'll never forget so um, that's you know that's what I want to say in the matter In July I mean well July was the, the fight of course that didn't take place but if we go back to January and the defeat to Leo Santa Cruz Carl it's your first professional defeat even aside from anything going on outside of the ring 
to lose for the first time in seven and a half years or so since you started your pro career, mm. that I assume that takes a bit of a bit of getting used to. Just that feeling that I've actually been bettered by a man for the first time as a professional. Yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't nice, and it, it took me a while to get over. I think I've got my wife to, to thank a lot there. Um, I was kind of down the dumps for a, in moping around the house for a solid a solid month. Um, Trying to put a brave face on it, but um, my, my wife Christine, she was kind of, you know, stuck by me and helped me out through. There was some hard times, you know. I felt like um, I felt like a failure at time. But then when I, you know, I thought about it and put things into perspective, I lost to a three-weight world champion in a close fight when on a night that I didn't really perform either. So um, it, it, when you think of it that way, it's not that big a deal, and. Uh, Again, if you want to take any sort of benefit out of it, it's one each between me and, and Leo, and it kind of sets the, the trilogy up um, nicely. So, um, look, I was disappointed at the time, but I'm, I'm completely over that already. Who did you talk to to get out of that kind of uh, funk? Do you deal? Do you deal with sports psychologists? Do you just talk to your family? How does that work? No, I've never. I've never. Well, I haven't spoken to sports psychologists since the amateur days. Um, a guy called Jerry Hussey, who I thought was fantastic um, with the Irish Irish squad. Um, but you know, I I didn't speak to one after the defeat. I spoke to the people closest to me. I spoke to my family. Um, I spoke to my old amateur coaches and and the people around the amateur gym. Um, but again, my wife I think helped me out more more than anyone. Um, she was uh, she was brilliant when I you know and times when I needed her, times when I was I had the head down and wasn't feeling great. Um, she was there to help me out. Was the fight, the Gutierrez fight that was cancelled after he slipped in the shower, you missed the weight that week, was that the, the, the low point of what you describe as a, as a bad year? Well, yeah, well, coming, you know, coming off a defeat and you just want to get, get back to, to winning ways and, um, you know, people had travelled. I'd seen someone coming from Dubai. Um, I'd, I'd heard of people coming, you know, people from England, Scotland, Wales coming over to watch a fight. It was hotels booked and everything else and, um you know, they were all there to see me, and uh, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was a fiasco. You know what I mean? You couldn't, you couldn't make that sort of stuff up. But, but no one's fault. Complete, complete accident. This guy slips in a shower, and the fight's off the night before it's meant to take place. Um, disaster, absolute disaster. But, you know, no one's fault. Things yeah, happen well, and I, you just have to move on. I think that's the thing. People were looking for it to be somebody's fault or felt there there must be more to it than this. Is something going on here? But it was just a case that this this accident had happened and well, that, goodbye. I've seen all the conspiracy theories, yeah. you know, and, and and the things that, that did happen. And we we attacked him in a in his in a shower room because I missed the weight, and we sent people around to to beat him up and stuff. It's just of you know outrageous stuff that people were spouting, and that's. That's kind of half the problem with social media. People can say whatever they want and um, other people tend to believe it. But um, what happened was the guy fell in the shower and, that, and that's the bottom line. So, yeah, uh, I'm guessing you're not going to tell me too much about the ins and outs of the reasons to move away from Cyclone Promotions, Carl, judging by some of the interviews I've been reading with you this week. Will, will I bother asking? No, probably, probably not. <laughs> do, do you feel now that you're sort of stepping out entirely of Barry's shadow now because the comparison between you two was a constant during your career do you feel that you can now move away from that yeah well you know, we you know we we had a lot of similarities um me and Barry um and of course I was kind of being compared to him all the time and that that was only natural but 
that was a fact. I, I don't feel like I needed to move out of a shadow. I was very grateful for the opportunities that, that Barry gave me and, and, and the rest of the McGuigans as well. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to move out of a shadow, but it just felt like it was time for me to to do, do my own thing and, um, you know, almost be selfish and think of... I was, I was putting myself and my family first for the first time in my career, and I think that it was a decision I made that I, I believe is going to benefit my career. Have you guys talked at all yourself, Barry, Shane? Um, yeah, I don't really want to. I don't really want to comment too much about things like that. But um, again, all I'll say is, you know, I'm very grateful for the um, the things that the McGuigans have done and helped me get to where I am at this point in my career. So, Carl, it's a ten rounder against Horacio Garcia. The thinking here is, I guess, get the sharpness back. Get get the win. Look as good as you you can. Is it possible to be at your best after a lengthy absence from the ring? Well, that's what I'm looking. At. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to be at my best. Um, and again, this is a fight against a good opponent, a solid opponent. Um, and hopefully, I'm going to get one of the big boys after it. That's the plan. Um, and you know, after this year, I don't think anyone can blame me for um, the type of fight. It's a ten rounder. It's a non-title fight. Um, there's a few raised eyebrows about that, but that's something I asked for. You know, why I need a, you don't need to fight in a, a 12 rounder for no title or no eliminator or anything on the line. This is a fight to get me back to Belfast, to get me back to winning ways, and hopefully push on and uh, and finish the year what's been a disastrous year on a high. That's really what this is about, and uh, hopefully get one of the big boys after it. Yeah, well, listen, Carl. We wish you well. Thanks so much for your time, and sure, enjoy the playoffs as well. Hopefully, there's some good results over the next of next week or so. Thanks a million. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Getting dead batted quite a lot recently, Murph. First, Philly McMahon. 
Now Carl Frampton. <laughs> I lob them up, you bunt them yeah, gently no, well, I mean, back in the direction of the pitcher. What it usually means run to first is, base. you know, that you're uh, you're asking the questions that they don't want to hear. That's, oh, yeah. that's all, you know? I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're not getting dead batted, you're doing something wrong, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Had a lot to say about everything else besides the split there. Carl, I thought he was, did sound like he was in good form. Made the point himself. I'm in good yeah. form, happy, as I suppose you would be no matter what about the ins and outs of what exactly happened that's going to be a load off if you are having this unhappy relationship if you're not happy in your career which is interesting considering there's so many great things happening during the last yeah. couple of years as well certainly in 2016 but to I guess a decision he was talking about for a long time thinking about for a long time to then make it there's probably just a sense of just by having done that you've made yeah. the change you put the pressure back on yourself and you have to go and make it happen then yeah and there's also he is a boxer and he's back boxing and is fighting next week. And after everything that's happened, I'm sure that's nearly a release at this stage. The whole idea of it is that I'm a boxer and I've fallen back in love with my sport and now I'm boxing again. And like that's after that, you know, it gets very uncomplicated, really, doesn't it? Mm. Um, if you're enjoying your training, then you're going to hopefully, and he's going to enjoy the fight on Saturday week, hopefully, and get back on track as you were talking to him about there. I mean, that's it. I mean, everything else, when your head is cluttered with, okay, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Why am I not enjoying it? Is it me? Is it my management? Is it my training? You know, like you're asking yourself a lot of questions there. I mean, if you just start again as he's doing right now, things, I'm sure, just get a lot less complicated in his head. So hopefully uh, 2018 can be rather better than 2017. Just if we do end up ever hearing everything that went on between himself and Wiggins, I mm. do hope it's in some sort of hilarious double act or triple act after dinner circuit. Yeah. And everyone's good mates as opposed to the other possibility. Yeah. Which is everybody. Yeah. Which Barry there. McGuigan is familiar with. Fra- yes. Yeah. It didn't end well. Yeah. Uh, with and also, Barry. you know, uh, uh, still like, like still answering questions in the way that Carol was asking, was answering them there 30 years later. <laughs> yeah. I said, I really don't want to talk about this. It kills me to talk about this. It just grims me out. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it's always fascinating to other people. Yeah, Particularly exactly. when you don't it's know the, all the answers. It's the thing that people are most fascinated by. Uh, yeah, that's not a great situation, all right. All right. So, so they, should, they should probably just fake, uh, you know, just, just fake make up again, just so the three of them don't have to answer questions about it for the rest of the Here's their a lives. joint statement done, yeah. boom. Here, no, we're all, we're all great, great friends. World Cup playoff build-up tomorrow and all week on the World Service. Thanks very much, Karen. Thank you, Owen. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 